Life is fragile and unpredictable. Our world is volatile and our hearts feel vulnerable. It's time to face it. In one way or another, we all have fear. Fear is something that we come by naturally, but it's not our spiritual inheritance in Christ. So while fear clamors and rages in our world and in our hearts, the words of Jesus ring out deeper and more true. Do not be afraid. So what if our freedom comes not by suppressing our fears, but by bringing them to light? What if the opposite of fear isn't courage, but love? And what would it look like for that love to cast out all fear? Let's explore these questions together. Let's learn what it means to fear not. Good morning, Element. It is so good to see all of your faces here this morning and so wonderful to have many of you joining us online today. I'm Melody. I'm one of your pastors here and I am excited and convicted to bring this first message of our Fear Not series. Um, and we're kicking it off this morning. So as we've been praying about what to teach here at Element, um, this series felt really important right now. And not only because we're in a pandemic, although, of course, that would be a good reason to teach about fear because the world has gotten a little crazy these days, right? But also because it's a good idea to frequently revisit this concept of fear and think about what it means in our lives. So kiddos, if you are here with us this morning, there's actually some handouts over on that table. If you guys want to run and grab them so you can follow along, you're more than welcome. And if you guys are following along at home, um, elementers, the handouts are in the Slack channel because I think this message is going to be very pertinent, not only for, well, for all of us, for the kids and for us. All right. So we're going to look at fear and we're going to study it in a way that maybe, maybe we haven't before. Right. And you might be thinking, yes, right. Fear. Thank you for bringing this up because I know the Bible says that I'm not supposed to fear. Right. So I'm just going to turn off my fear and trust God because God says the perfect love casts out fear. So that's what I'm going to do. Done. Whatever, whatever else we have to say about that. Right. Fear is bad and love is good. So I should just not be afraid. Check. Done. Right. But we all know that it's not actually that simple. Right. And we know that while we can work to study the Bible and to trust Jesus, and to learn all of the right things to do to, to combat our fear, the fact is that fear is still a presence in our lives, isn't it? Yeah. And when circumstances come up that are out of our control, a lot of times we feel fear. Now, a lot of you guys know that I grew up listening to my dad as a motivational speaker, and he would speak all around the country, and we also ran a youth camp, um, in Michigan for over 40 years where he taught a seminar to teenagers. And I grew up listening to him my whole life. And one of the things, he taught a lot of things, but one of the things he said a lot in his seminars was this phrase, free of fear and free of worry. Free of fear and free of worry. And you know what? I've heard that my whole life, but it was not until I began the preparation for this series that I really actually finally understood what my dad has meant 
all along. Because when I always heard this phrase as a kid, free of fear, free of worry, I thought it meant without fear, without worry. As in, the best kind of a life that we would all want to live is a life that doesn't have any fear, that doesn't have any worry, right? And I always thought, yeah, that sounds like a great life, a life without fear. Perfect. Well, also that sounds hard because like I have fear in my life, but that sounds like a great life free of fear, without fear. But preparing for this series gave me a whole new understanding and attachment, really, to this phrase because I finally understood what my dad has understood all along. The phrase doesn't say without fear and without worry. It says free of fear and free of worry, meaning fear may yet exist in our minds and in our hearts and in our lives on this earth. It may exist, but what if we can be free of the power that fear has over us? What if we can notice our fears and witness our fears and maybe even sometimes feel our fears without being in bondage to them, without being enslaved by them? And I think if we can do this, that we're going to discover a new paradigm for our fear. That's kind of our goal in this series. Because just like we can be set free from our sin by the redemptive work of Jesus, I believe we can also be set free from our fear by that same redemptive work. But here's the thing. Just because we're set free from our sin doesn't mean we're suddenly perfect, does it? Right? And in the same way, just because we are set free from our fear doesn't mean we're suddenly fearless. Okay? But it means we're free of it. And that's what this series is going to be about. It's going to be about thinking and studying and learning what it means to be free of fear. And what does God mean when he tells us to fear not? So are you ready? Because we're going to dive into the scriptures. We're going to talk about some Bible stories that teach about this over the next few weeks. And I will tell you what, guys, I need this series. I need this series in my life right now. So I'm just inviting you to come along and learn what I've been learning and Benjamin and Brett are going to teach us what they've been learning in this series. And I think it's going to do all of us a lot of good. So today is just the intro. We're not going to get all the way to freedom today. Okay, but we're, we're going to get on the path. So first we're going to look at what Jesus said. What did Jesus say about fear? Now, before we get to Jesus, we have to note that the instruction to fear not is actually the most frequent instruction in the whole Bible. God and Jesus and the psalmists, and the people who wrote letters to the early church, they told us to fear not more than any other thing that they told us in the whole Bible. It's written in there more than 300 times, okay? So this is kind of like a big deal in the Bible, okay? So here's one of the ways Jesus said it. Let's look at John 14, 17. Jesus said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Okay, so Jesus said he's leaving us his peace, peace that can't come from the world, okay? And he told us not to be afraid. But here's the rub. Sometimes we are afraid, right? So I think both of these things can be true. Jesus left us his peace and told us not to be afraid. That is true. Also, it is true that sometimes we do feel fear, okay? So today, this is where we're going to start. We are going to do two things today. 
We're going to notice our fear. Notice. And we are going to learn from our fear. Okay? Because, important, if we do not stop and notice our fear, and if we do not choose to learn from our fear, then we will not be free from our fear. So we have to start with noticing and learning. Now, I realize that in a series about fear, it would probably be wise of me to share some of my own personal fears because, you know, this is something that I struggle with. So I'm going to tell you a story. It's a little embarrassing, but here we go. So a year or two ago, I was here at the warehouse doing my thing. I don't know what I was doing, but I was here working, and I was completely alone. It was a normal day, kind of looked like this day right now, and I was working, and all of a sudden, my phone started buzzing, and my watch started buzzing, and I looked down, and there is a tornado warning. It says, take cover immediately, tornado in your area, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I'm here completely alone. Now, I will tell you, I grew up in Michigan. In Michigan, we actually have tornadoes, okay? Florida, like, they're not too super common here. Michigan, we had tornadoes a lot. And I grew up, like, there's a tornado coming, you go to the basement, and everything's going to be fine. Well, here we don't have basements, and I get freaked out about tornadoes because there's no basement to go to, okay? So I don't know why I got so afraid on this day. There, I, I have a personal fear of, like, physical harm. I'm just going to admit it. It is the truth. It's a very irrational fear, and I don't like it, but it's a reality in my life. And I was here completely alone, and I got really scared. I got really scared that this tornado was coming, and I didn't know what to do. I mean, I know you go to an interior wall, whatever. My fears made me so irrational, however. Well, I did call a friend, Danielle. You probably remember this day. She was also in the warning zone, um, and we talked. And I'm like, what are we going to do? Okay, so I'm here, and I decide that I'm so scared, I would rather be with people than be alone with my fear. So I look out the window, and I see all these people coming, because in the week of, like, the business week, there's lots of people. All these warehouses are full of people. So I look out, and I see all these people coming out of the warehouses and congregating in the parking lot to look for the tornado. And what do I do? I go out there and join them, because I was so scared that I'd rather be, like, around a person than be completely alone with my fear, okay? Very foolish decision. Do not follow what I did. I'm just telling you this to say I have some irrational fears. Okay, now, on that particular day, there was no tornado. It never came. Everything's fine. However, two nights ago, where Chris and I are sitting in our house watching a movie, and, like, it's storming outside like it does in Florida, right? And the lights are flickering, and, you know, it sounds like a storm. But I don't really notice that there's anything really going on. Come to find out the next day, there was literally a tornado that touched down within a mile from our house. And I didn't even know, didn't even care, and didn't feel any fear. This is how irrational our fears can be, okay? Sometimes our fears can be even more damaging than the things that we're actually afraid of, okay? Now, that's kind of an embarrassing story about my fear, okay? But I could tell you plenty of other fear stories, and some of them are even more embarrassing, and some of them are actually quite scary. But I think we all have things that we fear. In fact, I thought it might be good if we think about a couple of these things today. So I'm going to write tornadoes up here because apparently that's something I'm afraid of. Does anyone else have something that they would like to share that they're afraid of? Yes. Go, Brenna. Wasps. Yes, you are. Wasps. We don't like them. 
you're getting much braver. Thank you for that. Yes, Titus. Thunderstorms. Yeah, all kinds of storms. Yeah, that's no fun at all. Yes, Kayla. Somebody being mad at you. Yeah, we're scared of anger sometimes. That's a good one. Yes, Judah. Oh, man, you have also experienced a near miss of a tornado. That is very scary. Yes, I think a lot of us, actually, a lot of you Riverview people had a tornado warning up here the other day. Okay, what's your other fear? Oh, yes, yes. A fear, a fear of death or just a fear of, like, okay, we're going to say afterlife. That's, we'll, we'll say that, okay. All right, anybody else got one they want to add to this list? You have a second one? Okay. Yes. Yes. Irma was a bit traumatic. Okay, so storms are a common theme. Okay, other things that are common that people are afraid of, how about the dark? That's a common one. Okay, I'm going to tell you my deepest fear right now. It is not tornadoes, okay? <laughs> and I'm not going to say feet, even though... It should be on this list because feet are, I'm more grossed out by feet than I am scared of them. My deepest fear is rejection. Rejection. Okay. So they don't all have to be like physical danger things. Obviously, we know that our fears go very deeply. I'm going to put rejection up here. Okay. I think we have enough to get started today. These are some fears that we can notice in our lives, right? And they exist. We cannot deny that we have fear about these things, even though Jesus said, do not be afraid, right? But we have to start noticing our fear, and then we have to start noticing that our fear costs us something. It costs us something. It is not a benign companion. Do you know what that means? It means it can be dangerous. It can, it can wreak havoc on our minds and our hearts and our bodies. It can actually bring the very things that we're afraid of into being, okay? And it, get, it distracts us from the good work of the Jesus way. And it can lead us down a path of destructive behavior. And if we act out of fear, it can hurt the people that we love. Now, I have another fear I'm going to say today. I'm just saying all my fears, okay? I'm going to write turbulence. I've talked about this before, but okay, I'm not afraid of flying. I just don't like it when the planes bounce, okay? And this is another thing that is a problem for me. When I am on a plane and it starts bouncing, the, it, my fear costs me something because this fear is not a rational fear. Airplanes are very safe. They're one of the safest ways to travel, okay? My fear is very irrational, but I will get so anxious in my mind that I will start not even caring about my traveling companions, not caring about the people next to me. I'll start being hard on myself for being stupidly afraid of this bouncing plane, like I'll be mad at my own self. And you know what? That thing that's going on in my head is way more dangerous than the bouncing plane, right? Our fears can be dangerous. They're not good, okay? And God wants us to be free of them. Remember, it's the number one command in scripture. Don't be afraid. So God knows that our fears can be dangerous 
and damaging. And that's why he tells us over and over again to fear not, okay? But so then why do we still fear? Why do we still fear? And here's a question that gave me pause when I came to it. When is the last time that God's command for us to fear not actually made a difference to us? When is the last time that those words of God, of Jesus, made a difference to us? And if we stop and think about it, we may notice that it hasn't made much of a difference to us lately, right? We may notice that we've been letting our fear get the best of us about all different sorts of things. And it might look, it might not look like cowering in fear of a tornado. It might look like anger, or it might look like stress, or it might look like busyness, right? It can look like all different sorts of things. And we might not be leaning into the truth of what Jesus said, which was, do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. So the two things are true. God says don't fear, and our fears exist. So let's think about that for a second. What if all of the admonitions and instructions in the scriptures from God are more about acknowledging that our fears exist and inviting us to do something with them than they're actually about commanding us not to fear. God already knows that our fears are real, right? Of course he does. What God is saying is, this isn't about without fear. This is about free of fear, freedom from the fear. God's narrative is always about freedom, okay? Let's look at Psalm 56 one second. It says, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. Whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. That's what the psalmist says. So the psalmist is saying, sometimes I'm afraid. And then I make a choice to trust in God. It's not that I don't become afraid. It's not that I don't have fear. I'm just free of my fear, right? So when we notice our fear, we can choose to trust. But it has to start with noticing and seeing it and calling it out, okay? So when I'm on that bouncing plane and I start to feel that anxiety ramping up in me because I do not like it, I notice how I'm behaving towards my kids, towards my husband, towards myself. I can notice it and I can choose something different. Okay. So that's noticing. Then we're going to learn for a minute. And we're going to learn about three different things today. Okay. We're going to learn about ourselves. We're going to learn about God. And we're going to learn about love. We're going to learn about ourselves, about God, and about love. Now, here's what we're going to think about what we can learn about ourselves today. We're going to ask ourselves, what is our fear actually saying? This thing that we, fe- that we are feeling, this fear, what is it actually saying? There's some different things that it can say. It can say, I'm in danger. It can say, I need something. It could say, I'm vulnerable. It could say, I'm clinging. Or it could say, I'm not in control. These are the common themes of what our fear is actually saying underneath all the things that we're feeling. Now, the I am in danger message, sometimes that can be good, right? My fear of that tornado was could be good, right? Because it could have helped me make a good choice if I actually saw something coming towards me. I would come back in here in an interior wall and be safe, right? So my fear of danger is actually a good thing and something that God installed into humans to keep us safe, right? 
So if our fear is telling us that we're in danger, maybe there's an action we can take to protect ourselves, all right? Maybe our fear is telling us, I need something. I need something. And you know, this one can be good, too. We don't want our needs to manifest as fear, but if we notice that we're afraid, then we might be able to do something about it. Edward T. Welch says, what you need is a throne's, uh, what you need is a stone's throw away from what you fear. What you need is a stone's throw away from what you fear. So if we need comfort, we might fear physical pain. If we need approval, we might fear criticism. If we need love, we might fear rejection, right? So if we notice what we're afraid of, we might realize that it's a need that's not being fulfilled in our lives. And if we notice that, we might be able to do something with that need besides just sit in fear about it. We might be able to take that need to Jesus, all right? What about the I am vulnerable one? That one's hard, right? When we realize how much our heart is invested into a relationship, when we realize how much risk we're putting forth with a person or a thing, when we realize we could get hurt and we see how fragile human life is, we feel vulnerable and it makes us feel afraid, okay? But, but that's a real thing. Our vulnerability as humans is real. So this fear can actually be good too because when we see that we are vulnerable, we are reminded that we are creatures created by a God who loves us, right? And when we experience that feeling of vulnerability, we can make a choice to turn to his strength and his protection. All right, I am clinging. That's another one. We feel that fear when we forget to open our hands, right? And sometimes it exposes our, our counterfeit gods, right? The places that we go to find our worth or our fulfillment that aren't Jesus, if we find ourselves clinging to those things, if we find ourselves fearing the loss of those things, then it may tell us, I've got a counterfeit God going on in my life again, and I need to notice it, and I need to do something about it. It's an opportunity to open those hands back up. Next one, I am not in control. This is the hardest one, right? This is totally the hardest one. And it's probably underneath all of our fears. <laughs> when we feel afraid, it's the realization that we're not in control of anything except our own choices. And uh, we want control more than that, don't we? I know that I do. This pandemic has us all feeling a little bit out of control, right? And when I'm on a, when I'm on a plane and I get scared of the turbulence, that's really my fear. I'm out of control. I cannot control what's going to happen to that plane, and I do not like it, and I want to find some way to control it, okay? So what do we do? What do we do when we feel that fear, the fear that I am not in control? Well, what I do is remember who is in control. Now, my dad is the person in my life who I could say truly is most free of fear of anybody that I've ever met. My dad really is free of fear. And I can think of countless times over the years where I have come to him with fears or worries that seem so huge and so real and so valid and so important. And I come to him and I share them with him. And he always says the same thing to me. God is in control. Now, it is not those words that are comforting to me. I'll be honest. Because 
just the fact that God is in control does not mean he's going to control it the way that I want him to. So that doesn't necessarily ease my fear in and of itself. But what eases my fear when my dad says those words is the trust in his eyes and the faith in his voice that not only is God in control, but that he's good, right? And that brings me comfort and peace. And that sort of faith and trust is not built on human reason, okay? It's built on an experience with God. So what can our fears teach us about God? We're going to be learning this over the next few weeks, but I think what our fears teach us about God is something that's going to last a lifetime, right? God is always revealing himself to us in different ways. So we can't bullet point it, but here's a few things that we can learn from our fears today. God is our father, God is the king, and God loves us. Now, God is our father. When God tells us to not be afraid, it could come across as two different ways, okay? It could come across as an edict, like from a king on a throne giving a command, do not be afraid. Or it could come across as a father saying to his child, do not be afraid. Now, when I was growing up, we would go to theme parks a lot. We liked the theme parks. And whenever we would go on a new ride that I thought might be scary in any way, my dad was the only person that I ever wanted to sit with, right? My mom and my brother were nice and all, and I knew that they might make, like, temporary shields from, like, the snakes that were going to jump out or the spiders or whatever it was, right? But my dad was the one I trusted to keep me safe. And if my brother had said to me, don't be afraid of this ride, like, I would have just thought that that's annoying and whatever and not helpful. But if my dad said not to be afraid, I knew it was going to be okay. I knew I could trust him, that that ride would be safe for me, and that the safest place for me to be was right next to him, right next to him, right? So when God says this to us, do not be afraid, he's saying it as a father who knows what the ride is going to be, who knows all the jump scenes, and who's saying, don't be afraid. And when we look to God in the midst of our fear, and we hear the voice of a father telling us don't be afraid, we learn what that means in a new way. We have those experiences. Just like I have those experiences with my dad, knowing that he would protect me on those rides, we have these experiences with God. Jesus says in Luke 12, 32. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Now, God does say these words, do not be afraid, as a father, but he also does say them as a king, right? He is the creator of this world. He is capable of our protection. He's capable of redemption. He's capable of resurrection. Not only is he capable of those things, but he's promised those things. And not only has he promised those things, but he's invited us to join him in those things, right? So when he tells us to not be afraid because he's given us the kingdom, he means it as a father, but he also means it as a king, one who can actually promise those things in a way that no other being can, right? So when we look to God in our fear, we learn what it means for him to be a father, but we also learn what it means for him to be a king, a creator, 
an all-powerful God, right? I'm going to read this prophecy from Isaiah, and this one's about Jesus, just like the one that we read last week and that Pastor Benjamin read a few weeks ago. But remember, Jesus is alive in us, so this prophecy is for us too. So let's look at Isaiah 42. God the Lord created the heavens and stretched them out. He created the earth and everything in it. He gives breath to everyone, life to everyone who walks the earth. And it is he who says, It is I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I will take you by the hand and guard you. I will give you to my people Israel as a symbol of my covenant with them, and you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. This is the work of Christ, so this is our work too. And this king calls us to courage because this king is doing the work of redemption in this world and we are called to join him, right? So God is our father. God is our king. And number three, God loves us. God loves us. He loves us. 1 John 4. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. This is how love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. God is our father. God is our king. And God loves us. And his love is so perfect that it drives our fears away. So catch this for a second. By noticing and observing our fear, and then by allowing the perfect love of God to free us from this fear, we understand more about that love. We understand the power of that love when we experience the freedom from this fear, right? So we have to first feel the fear in order to learn the power of perfect love. We, we have to feel it or we won't understand the experience of being freed of it. So when God is telling us to fear not, it's not so much an edict as it is an invitation to experience his love that brings freedom, right? When I come to my dad with a fear and he says those words, God is in control. The faith in his eyes and the trust in his voice is not just about the theoretical reality that God is in control. It is about the experienced reality that God is our father and God is our king and he loves us, right? And when we know those things, then fear has no power over us, none. So our fears can teach us about ourselves, they can teach us about God, and they can teach us about love. Because when it comes right down to it, there are really only two things that motivate humans, okay? It's either fear or love. Those are the two great motivators. Every choice you've ever made has probably come down to one of those two things, okay? But those choices look pretty different because fear controls and love releases. Fear retreats and love engages. Fear constricts and love expands. Fear clings, love trusts. Fear lies 
and love is truth. And when we observe our fear manifesting, we have an opportunity to learn about love because we have an opportunity to ask ourselves, what would love do instead? What is the choice of love in this situation instead of the choice of fear? Okay, like for example, if I'm afraid on a plane that's bouncing through the sky, okay, that could lead me down a path of unchristlike behavior if I'm not conscious of it. I might get anxious and not want to talk to anybody about it because it's just stressing me out, okay? And I might retreat from my family, from the people around me. Or I might feel so out of control that the only control I can assert is on myself to berate myself for fe and feel stupid for feeling this fear that doesn't make sense, right? So I assert my control on my own self. But what could I do in that moment if I notice that fear and say, what, what choice could I make out of love instead? Maybe I could be kind to myself. Maybe I could tell myself this actually is a thing that some people are afraid of and it's okay. What if it, what if that, like that changes everything? It changes everything. Kindness to yourself. Or what if I looked for someone else to be kind to? I will tell you, when I fly with my kids, I'm way less scared than when I fly alone. You know why? Because I'm focusing on them. Sometimes if we take our eyes off our own situation, everything changes. And we act out of love. Right? So when we do stuff like that, when we notice our fear and then we ask ourselves, what would be the loving choice in the situation instead of the fearful choice? You know what? Our fears can basically be redeemed. They can be redeemed because they can show us how to act out of love. So when I see myself trying to control, what does love do? It releases. Or when I see myself trying to retreat and run away, what does love do? It engages, right? And those fears become to be redeemed. We can learn from our fear about love. And this is the path to freedom from fear, right? The, the path of love is the path to freedom from fear, and it's the path of redemption. But remember, as we close today, that that love is not something we have to manufacture on our own. I don't have to sit there on that plane and try to conjure love within me. Love lives in me. Love lives in you, right? That's the gift from God poured out to his children. The love of God we receive so that we can show it towards others, towards ourselves, and back to him. Okay? So the band can come up today. We're going to sing one last beautiful song. But we've, before we do, I'm going to close with one of my all-time favorite scriptures. And it's the one I cling to in times when I'm feeling fear and I'm fighting to be free of the fear. And when the circumstances of my life become overwhelming, uh, and I start to feel a lack of trust in God, this is the passage that I come to. So may it remind us all today. In Romans 8, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No. Despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. 
And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life. Neither angels nor demons. Neither our fears nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this challenge today, and we thank you for this truth. And God, we pray that as we think on this and as we notice the fears that are inside of us, that we can learn from them. That we can learn about ourselves, about what we need, about what's really going on in our hearts. That we can learn about you, that you're our father, that you're our king, and that you love us. And that we can learn about that love and allow it to set us free. God, we know that we're not going to be without fear because we're human. But we do believe that we can experience freedom from it. And we do know that that freedom only comes from you. That is the gift that you gave us. So God, we receive your peace today. We claim it over our hearts and our lives. And we ask you to keep teaching us, keep drawing us into the truth of who you are. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray.